steering wheel in place. Get my Okay. I was listening to Johnny Enloe <clears throat> Prophet, who was on Elijah's Dreams this last week. Um, and um, he just, he really has this place of speaking into my heart with his wisdom and his position. And um, he, he made a comment about, um, we've got to be careful. And, and I know that he knows all the the things, the nefarious things that are going on in our country, the deep state stuff, the cabal, the, um, the central bank and all of those, he's very aware of that. And, um, and he said, but in the midst of that, he said, it's one thing to call it out. It's like, yeah, that's, we need to do that some, but we need to be careful to make sure that we're making a declaration of what is coming and what God is going to do. And he felt, um, he referred again to this, in my opinion, a phenomena prophetically that happened recently. Um, at some point, maybe just a few years back, a young prophet, Chris Reed, he's not young, young, but he's not old like us. Uh, <clears throat> so anybody's young that's, yeah. Our 30 and 40 year olds are just kids, still kids to me, so that shows my age. And um, Chris Reed meets with Mike Bickle. I, the details might be a little bit off, but this is the gist. He meets with, with Mike Bickle. What's that? April 9th. April 9th of what year? A couple years back? Year. It, it was actually this year that that happened when they met. Okay, it was a, it was a year before. And then he finally shared it with Mike. Is that okay? So Prince Andrew died, and there, this word that he had had before, correct? When the, the when the prince when the prince shall pass, it it will be it will be four eight. Did he say four, Luke four eighteen or just say four eighteen at last? That had tremendous significance to Mike Bickle because of the prophet Paul Cain. And his mother's name was Anna. And she, her life was a miracle. She was, again, just like this song we sang, when the doctor said, it's over, it wasn't through. And she was to die with cancer way, way back. I think even before she had Paul, was that correct? When there was this, yeah. Even before she gave, was she pregnant with him? Eight months. I'm sorry about not having the details to this. It, it's all significant. I, but, um... <clears throat> Definitely worth giving a listen to and, and hearing. Um, and a very hopeless situation. But Paul was born healthy, and she lived till she was 105. So um, my mother-in-law is struggling, and she's 92. And I, I've been saying to the family, I said, you know, she's, gonna, she's got another 10 years. She'll be 102. She's going to get it. I said to Margie, I said, you're going to get one of those letters from the president. You hit your 100-year birthday, you get a letter from the president, if I understand right. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. So, At 105, she was still holding back one last prophecy, one last word for her son, Paul Cain. 
Paul, of course, is very prophetic. And he calls Mike Bickle, who they had become friends. And he said, my mother's going to die tomorrow. And, uh, you know, at 105, you probably were waiting for a good while. But she, he knew tomorrow he's going to die. Will you come be with me? It was like Paul's like, or Mike's like, yeah, okay, okay, I'll go. He goes. He's with them. He's in the room. What do you do? Paul's mother's dying. He really loved his mother. I don't believe Paul ever got married. Uh, and, uh, but he was very close to his mother. And um, she passes away. Right before she passed away, he's waiting for this prophetic was last word. And I th it's just in a whisper. She was in a coma, and she woke up, says, I probably should have Phyllis tell this. Isn't it fun? I'm sorry. But you know what? I do have your attention. No one's daydreaming because you're trying to figure out where's he going next? What's he going to say? What's he going to forget? What's he going to get wrong? Because there'll be a correction. Da, da, da. It's very interactive. You know, like this is reality TV was so stupid, but it became so popular because we're like watching real people for a change do silly things. And uh, so, um, <laughs> yeah, he was in, she was in a coma. She comes back just long enough to say to Paul, and I think she just whispered it, Luke 4.18. That was the word. That was the entirety of the word. And uh, which uh, is a New Testament version of Isaiah 61, the verse, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So, Mike Bickle's sitting in the room, and he's sitting back, of course, you know, he's sitting back. It's not his mother. He's sitting back. He's, one, he's supposed to be in their room, but he's sitting back. He looks at the digital clock at the moment she dies, and he just doesn't realize it, but he, he doesn't even know what the word is, and he sees 418. It's just kind of imprinted. It's an emotional moment, so it's imprinted in his time, and someone says, when did she actually die? He says, 418. I was sitting looking at the clock. It was actually on April 4th. Uh, uh, yeah, a, No, no, April the 18th. It was 418 was the actual date. It was also the time on the, on the clock, she passed away. She gives this word right before she dies. It, it's a sign. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. At 105, last word, she's given to her prophetic son, 418. And um, so years later, just this year, if this is correct, in April, and so did Aunt Prince Andrew die on the, the 18th? Was that correct? This is for the let, sake of the recording. Let me help this thing out. <laughs> she, <laughs> I'm a real boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. Chris Reed, Mike Bickle had not seen him until earlier that year, probably in, in the winter. And uh, Rick Joyner said, you've got to meet Chris Reed. He has the prophetic anointing that Paul Kane has. And so they meet, and Mike said... We would like to have you at our church. And he said, the only time I can come is around April 9th and that, that weekend. And Mike said, okay. Well, it just so happened that April 9th was the last day of their 40-day fast. 
Let me bring it to Luke 4, 18, because Jesus goes into the wilderness on a 40-day fast, and when he comes out, he preaches that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Luke 4, 18. So Chris Reed gets up that morning, April 9th, which is the time that um, Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, it was the anniversary, of, anniversary to when he was martyred and, and Martin Luther when he died. And it had significance because of what was going on and who Bonhoeffer was. And so he arrives, I mean, he's driving over to IHOP to meet with Mike and the leaders just to get to know them. And he hears on the radio that the Prince of England, which Queen's husband, dies. And he remembers a prophetic word a year before that says, when the Prince shall pass, 418 at last. And he goes in and Mike's like, hey, we want to get to know you. And he said, does 418 mean anything to you? And he's like, well, yeah, yeah, but we'll, we'll talk about that. And he went, no. He said, I had, I had a prophetic word when the prince shall pass 418 at last. And he passed this morning. And they went, whoa, this changes everything. It's important to understand the background. Thank you, Phyllis, because this is so significant. And um, then there were different things that happened with this. All of a sudden, these leaders start calling Mike Bickle and saying, hey, I want to come out to IHOP and hang out for a couple weeks. And there were like five of them there. It was very significant. Um, and Mike's going, what's going on? Like. This is the most, I was talking to Pam and Kurt a little bit. What's, what is exciting? We commit our way to the Lord. And then out of just your, just, just walk. All you need to do is be moving. You can't steer a ship that's not moving. The rudder just flaps around in the water. It, it has to be moving. You can't drive a car. You can, with power steering, you can sit and turn the wheel. But the car doesn't change direction unless what? It's moving. And it, it's so important. Phyllis and I kind of had this revelation way, way, way back in the beginning of our uh, relationship, probably pre, pre-marriage. She was talking about some things, and we were relating back and forth. And uh, uh, the word between us was, Abraham walked. Like, what he did was walked. He walked. And in that walking, the Lord directed his paths. And in our moving, and I said to them, I said, it, it comes down to just a couple things, you know, like, did you love? <laughs> and it's not horseshoes, like, can't be close. I almost did, you know, like, did you love? And did you follow my spirit? And did you, you know, like, commit your way to the Lord? And then it's amazing. We're talking about all the confirmations just as we gather in our simple way. We have, there's a prayer meeting that goes on, and there's me. We pick songs, and, and, and it's not like it's this uh, prophetic moment as we pick songs. We just kind of like we're trying to manage our lives, and we're tired, and we're this, and we're that. And one way or another, we come up with a, song, a set list, and, and we do it. It's, it's not like we fast and pray for this. And then the songs out of just, just moving, just going... 
I need my dad. I understand that, Micaiah, completely. You've got you've to give the kid a, like, yep. <clears throat> Some of you need to do that. You need your dad, like, just cry until you find him. Anyways, there, that was perfect. I'm amazed at how if I'll just walk, commit my way to the Lord, and then just walk. My day feels normal, sometimes boring. Sometimes I'm irritable. But if I'll just stay on the path, just keep walking, keep taking steps, make good choices, choose the right or the wrong, you know what it is. It's not what you want to do or not want to do. Like, use discernment and being led by the Spirit is for the mature, like, because it won't always be what you want to do. But you go to say, no, I'm not doing that, and then there's this little check. Um, You sure about that? Like, yeah, no, I don't want to do it honestly. Holy Spirit clears his throat. He doesn't need to, but he does just to get my attention. I kind of get that. Do you ever get that spiritual pause like heaven's like? You can feel that little bit of a little bit of a scowl frown like you do with your children, like it's not the right choice. Your kids are like, they're watching your eyes. They're thinking, what are the consequences if I don't choose? Well, you know. And and it's like that. Just walk the best you can. And the Lord works amazingly, works all this together. We have confirmations here, there, words, things, whatever. Last week we were laughing. Kurt, Kurt didn't count the songs. It's supposed to be a third song to communion. And on two, he came up and we, we were on the worship. We were, we're like, we kind of grinned at each other. And then I went, yeah, but the timing's perfect. The words of the, that song were just perfect for it. And Kurt's, you know, he's clueless at the moment. I do things like that all the time. It's just nice to point somebody else that does it. And um, <laughs> I love it when the girls on the worship team forget things. You know, they call it baby brain. I'm like, I don't care what it is. You just made me feel so good because of this mistake, this absent-mindedness, da, 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 da. I feel great now. Thank you. And so... The Lord leads us, and I said, Kurt, it was the perfect time. Don't. It doesn't matter. It was good. This is how the Lord works. Simple you. He knows what you're made of. He really knows. And so this thing is coming together. I know I'm taking time with this, but awaken. There's a huge move, and it's not an organized move. It's not an organization. The Spirit is about to do something. And you remember this uh, prophetic word I read from Barry once from Canada. And, and he, these a couple, the whole prophecy was so good, but he said, the Lord speaking, I said, I can, don't worry about what's going on. I can turn it on a dime. I can change things in a moment. Will you say that about God? He can turn it on a dime. He can change things in a moment. He, just like that. We're like, oh, it's, get, it's too far, it's too deep, it's too bad. God's like, really? Have you ever had somebody question your abilities? No, just me, huh? And there are times, you know, someone's like, oh, be careful or do this. And, and you just look at them like, hello, you know. And so God's like, got to be like that. Like, really? 
You really worried about when and how and if I can? Like, really? R- read, your, read that little black book you've got again. Read, my, read the stories about me again, and then come back and we'll talk. In a moment, boom, without, not, not, by, not by flesh, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, not by might. Not by these things that we're like, it's got to be this and it's got to be that. And we're going through the trauma of these days and these last few years. And it's like, oh, my God, we're like ready to, you know, we're, we're invested. We're rooting for the A-team. We're rooting for the good stuff. We're rooting for the promises, for the prophetic words. And it's all like, boy. But I, this time, I've been hanging in there. Way past my ability to even imagine, I'm like, but the word is solid. I'm standing here no matter what. Well, I haven't done that too often in my life. I waver. I get whatever. I analyze. I theorize. And I've been like, nope, this point, my heart, president's coming back. Like, God chose him. We're not done. This is not end times. It's been, people are like, yeah, but it's end times. It's like, it's been end times since the New Testament. Knock it off. It was. And all of that stuff's going to come to pass. Everything Jesus said is going to happen. But not yet. There are billions of souls still in the balance. We're not, we can't sign off yet. We can't leave the planet yet. There's too much to do. It's not over. There's still, the glory still has to come. Jesus still has to be glory. He still has to receive his reward. It's like leaving someplace before you get the benefit. You know, you went through all the rigmarole to get there. It's like, no, I'm, I'm getting my thing. I'm getting my promise. I'm getting my reward. And Jesus deserves his reward. And he's going to get his reward. So this passage about Luke 4.18 and Isaiah 61 and then Johnny Enloe comes along and he just the other day and says this where he said, the Lord like, hey, you haven't fully embraced that word because he's listening to and watching and realizes this is significant. The return to the spirit of the Lord is on me and, the, and this declaration that Jesus comes and makes in Isaiah 61 that is repeated in Luke 4. And who's saying it? Jesus, the words of Jesus. Take another look. Embrace this. Make it yours. You can't make it happen, but you can believe. And our role here is declaring, declaring what's coming. And so I was meditating. I heard that. I was meditating. Uh, Like my heart was already, um, you know how, the garden gets rototilled, the, the field gets plowed, it gets prepared for the seed. And sometimes you're going through a traumatic, difficult, tense, irritable times. And understand if you're all turned upside down and you've been harrowed a couple times and flattened out and smoothed out, you're like, wow, I've been run over by. A big four-wheel drive tractor with a big implement behind it. Like, my ground is worked up. And Jesus goes, perfect. Now we're ready to plant something. 
We're like, we, we want to keep our hair combed and smell good and be, you know, okay, Jesus, I'm feeling really good about myself. Bring it on, right? Anoint me now. Like, take a picture now. I'm like looking good. No, 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 no. He waits till you're in the fullness of weakness. When all but an ounce, an inch, an inkling of hope is gone, and then he brings the promise, you're like, I'm not ready for this. I'm not dressed. Don't you love to see a housewife that's not ready for company, you know, like still in her pajamas, whatever, they race, they run, they, you know, I can't tell you how many times the doors got slammed in my face, and it's the sister-in-law. I'm like, oh my gosh, whatever, you know. I won't say Cheryl's name. Cheryl, you'd be amazed what the sunrise looks like, you know? I know you've never seen one, but geez, you're missing one of the wonders of the world. Let your heart be prepared. I think you've got the stuff going on, like just embrace it. Embrace the disappointments. Embrace the losses. We're talking about this. Like there's a moment when There are things that are lost and you can't get back. And you can either stay in that horrible moment, and you can have a moment. Even Jesus will give you a moment. But don't live there. Don't live there. You're going to miss what's coming. So let me read. So I felt like he's saying this. I'm like, wow, I've preached on this. I don't know if I'm... I don't know if I can glean more. Like, I don't even know. I, I'm, I'm like in this place where I'm hungry. I've been praying for an, an anointing. I've been praying for something to come in this last, like, um, I, I, I wrote something down that's, maybe it's in my notes, maybe it's not. Do you remember that? This is kind of personal, but it, I mean, it's personal, it's very personal, but it's like right where I'm at and what my prayer's been. And, and with all this going on around us and, and uh, my heart's ravaged by the injustices and the things going on in the world. I mean, I've never been so torn. I've never felt like screaming. I've never felt like, like I have to suppress the rant I could just go off because of the injustices and the dangers that are going on that are coming from this fake administration and all the things, atrocities around us. And I'm like, Jesus, help me. Like, I've got to get to this good place. What is beyond that? And I hear Johnny Enlow say, get back to declaring what's coming. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I need to do this. And, uh, Within the last, it was just sometime in the last two weeks, I just had this picture and I realized I, I'm about, there, there's no, no question, I'm in the last leg of my race. I'm in the last lap. There's not a wait until you, you know, there is, this, this is it. I, and, I, and I had this, this resolve, like, You've got to let go of the disappointments of your failures. You've got to let go of things gone wrong, miss this off, you know? 
like it's just tormenting. You've just got to, you've just got to shed it off. Pray for the grace of God to come to make all things new, his mercies new today, and that in the last leg of this race, in this last lap, that you make the best of it. Have you seen the movie? Do you know the history of the, of the horse secretariat and, and winning that race? And that, that movie that was uh, done not too long ago, several years back. Have you, all, have you seen Secretariat, the, the modern version of it? You know, and, the, and the picture of that, of that horse and that last, like all of a sudden this thing just goes, you know, I mean, all, if I was a one of the other horses, I'd have just stopped running and went. It wasn't a little. It was like, what was that? How do you compete with that? It was like this boom. He just poured on what he didn't have before. And all of a sudden, I saw myself as that small, insignificant, nameless, it doesn't matter, jockey that's sitting on, riding on an anointing that is in the likeness and the passion of this horse secretariat and I'm going to let him run. You hold on for dear life and let the anointing run. I invite you, let that anointing cut. Pray for it. Call out for it. This manifest presence, I don't care who, where, what. Just right now, grab a hold of this and let it run. It is not on you. Get, let go of that. It's not on your weakness. It's not on any of this stuff. Let it run. And this anointing is coming. And the Lord said in this day, and we're at this confirmed moment, that this is the time there's an anointing coming on the church or whoever can embrace it on, on the body. And bigger, it's for the world. It's for the sake of the world. And when Jesus came on the scene, he released the beginning of that. And we're getting a second wave of that anointing with him now seated at the right hand of God. Bring it. Pour it on. Get your eye, let us get our eyes on that. And so let's look at Isaiah 61. I, I looked at this. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I have even the... And I just sit before the Lord. And I said, I'm going to, here's the agreement. Here's the deal we're going to make. <laughs> we don't make any deals. I'm just being stupid. I just made a resolve. I'm going to preach it because it's the anointed word of the Lord. Whether I even get it or not. Whether I even have an inkling of of understanding about what it is, I know the word, I do know this, I know the word is true. I know that it's something bigger than me. It's something that, 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 that beckons me. And I just love that picture, a jockey. They're the frailest, little skinniest, weightless guys on the planet. Women probably too. And all they have to learn, they don't win the race. They ride the horse. The, 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 the rules are the horse has to have a jockey on it. I think that's the rules. It's got to have a rider. All he has to do is hang on. There's a couple things, but, you know, at some point, let it run. Let it go. This is it. This is the last leg. Finish line's just up ahead. Can you do that? Can you just let God run?
Can you let that anointing come on you regardless of your of, of circumstances and, and let it run in you? I want so badly to just be liberated from this questioning, this apprehension, this heaviness, this analyzing. I, just, just let it run. I just want to be free. Let it go. Let it come. In Luke 4.18... Let me actually start it's this whole section, and uh, beginning in verse 16, and this is out of the Passion Translation, but I, again, I just love it. I love, the, I love the language. It gives me fresh revelation. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been raised, he went into the synagogue, as he always did on the Sabbath day, when Jesus came to the front to read the scriptures, they handed him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. First mistake for the deep state. For, for the, the religious, oh, 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 you, don't give him that book. Somebody had to be sitting in that synagogue going, oh, no, 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 not, not him. And he unrolls it. We flip pages. They, it was a scroll. He unrolls it. They handed him the scroll, the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and read where it was written. So he went to the end. So if the whole Isaiah, I don't know how this goes. I don't know if there were several rolls or scrolls. I don't know how much stuff they got into a scroll, but he, 61's close to the end. He unrolls it. There may even been a moment of silence in the synagogue. It's rolling, 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 unrolling, unrolling, unrolling. Gets to 61, and he begins to read. And oh boy, they never heard it read like this before. Because he's the one. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me and has anointed me to be hope for the poor, freedom from the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind, and to preach to prisoners. You are set free. I've come to share the message of Jubilee for the time of God's great acceptance has become gone. And he hands the scroll. That's all he does. He hands the scroll back to, back to whoever's in charge of it. And they had to be sitting there going, what was that? What was that? Isaiah 61. Again, I'll be reading out of the Passion Translation. The mighty spirit of Yahweh, of Lord Yahweh is wrapped around me because Yahweh has anointed me as a messenger to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted, to tell captives, you are free, and to tell prisoners, be free from your darkness. I am sent to announce a new season of Yahweh's grace and a time of God's recompense on his enemies to comfort all who are in sorrow. That is, there's an anointing. These are more than just words. If we can pray for the manifestation of this, it, be in agreement. You want to tap into what's coming, whether you understand it or not. Say, Jesus, I believe. Help my unbelief. Jesus, I get it. Help me not getting it. Jesus, this is that word this is that message, and it's being released that the multitudes will run to.
they'll run to this message. This is the hope. This is the thing every heart is crying out for. People are hungry for true freedom. They all want to be free as, as good as we are, as good as people have gotten. We all get good at it. Hiding that. There's a liberty. The most evil, the most corrupt person wants free. You're like, no, they don't. You don't know and I don't know. You'll be amazed who actually wants free. Yes, there are some that have hardened their hearts. They've knowingly flipped sides. And that is what it is. But we don't decide that. This message goes to whoever and everyone. Everyone that embraces it will come to it. Everyone that hears the word can be forgiven and set free from their sins no matter what they've done. Their corruptness, their blindness, their brokenness, their deadness, their imprisonment. This word is powerful whether I get it or not. This word will transform and it will bring this harvest. It will bring this revival. It's powerful. The notes to this, the mighty spirit of the Lord Yahweh, it was a synonym for like the spirit of prophecy. And it was wrapped around or that spirit is upon me. Listen, this word upon me is, it, it means, get this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And we could, we could also look at uh, Luke, um, or I mean Isaiah 11, I think. One through the spirit, of the, you know, and, and the, a root will come out, a branch will spring forth from the root of Jesse, and, and it's, it's about the spirit and about, about the spirit of the Lord coming on, and it's, it describes Jesus perfectly and the elements of the spirit of the Lord. We, we might look at that, maybe I won't get to it, but it's, it's upon me means upon, in, on, over, above, by, for, through, throughout, around, beside. It's all-encompassing. It's not just like something that's on you like you wear jewelry. It's, it's way beyond that. When Jesus stood up and said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, it was, let me say again, it was upon him, it was in him, it was on him, it was over him, it was above him, it was by him, for him, through him, throughout, around, and beside him. I want that upon me. I need that upon me. I cannot qualify because Jesus came in this twofold. He, he declared the spirit of grace, the season of grace that was coming on us. And then he declared the vengeance of the Lord on sin, on darkness, on goat nations. So we get so hung up on trying to deserve the anointing. That's why I need to say this. I need to prepare myself. I need to deserve this. I need to fast more. I need to what you do if you do, but you don't if you don't. All of this comes back to be led by the Spirit. Will you just do that? Can you just follow the Spirit? That's, that's all. Don't make plans about how you're going to get there. Don't figure out how you're going to deny yourself so you get more from God. You're negotiating again. Stop it. So we need this anointing and it'll make us brave make us powerful and a broken reed he shall not crush when it comes to truly broken like 
the gentleness of Jesus. And we need that. We need to have that as well. But we also need to have the ability to stand up and rise up against things. So Jesus comes and he introduces something in this. He says, I'm a messenger to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted. So this word anointed is, uh, he introduces in this his jubilee ministry. And there are all these words about this season that we're about to enter into that is like a jubilee. Some people are even calling it a thousand-year reign, the, the millennial reign coming. I don't really want that unless Jesus is on earth and in charge. But there's a season coming, a, a new era, a new thing. It, I, I do believe, I do embrace that for the sake of souls and for the sake of the Lord to bring all of his word to pass. The word anoint is the same, is taken from the word uh, Messiah. Messiah means anointed one. And in Leviticus 25, amazing passage, um, the Jubilee is introduced and the Sabbaths and on the 49th year to declare a, a jubilee comes, and on the 50-year uh, uh, mark, everything goes back. Jubilee is an amazing thing, totally not in our culture. We're talking about the Great Reset, which is not a good thing that the globalists wanted to, to bring to pass in our culture, right? in, our, in the world. It was in the world. It's worldwide. This fight is worldwide. This thing is worldwide. And, and they, they want to do the great reset. I don't want them doing any resets at all. But here's the kingdom of God from him doing a reset where those that are indebted, those who have been enslaved to their debt, who have servitude, everything goes back to original owners. Why? So that, and, and it's, in, it's in this chapter. I don't have time to go there today. But it's, it's in this chapter, do not, so that you won't oppress people. See, so many things that are in the world, God himself's like, I didn't want it that way. If you'd obeyed me and believed me, I would have, I we would have avoided this. I had something in play because we are just prone to go there. Those that are dominant will become more dominant and eventually will start to oppress especially if they lose their faith and their virtue. Remember we talked about the triangle that our constitution rests on? Virtue, faith, freedom. And he's, it's like you're prone to go here, so every 50 years we're going to reset this thing. We're going to get things back to the way they were so that, no, so that the scales don't tip. He knew the nature of man. He's the creator. He knows what we're made of. And so this jubilee was set to give you a fresh start, to give you a, a fresh way, to return so that you could return to your people, so you could get back to where you belong, so you could get back to where you're from. What a beautiful thing. What an amazing thing. And this is Jesus declared this. This is what he declared when he came. A year of jubilee, when he spoke this word, when he read out of this prophet, when, the, when, when Isaiah wrote this, and then Jesus stands up in the synagogue and, write, and reads this, he was declaring the year of jubilee. 
His twofold mission, like I said, is to open the door for the day of grace and to proclaim the day of vengeance of sin, darkness, sickness, and the goat nations, the nations that are godless, that are, that are not following the Lord. He's the prophet, king, and priest. Prophet to preach the season of grace, the king to heal, to reestablish, and the king to decree and herald peace and freedom to the captives. Let me close with uh, Romans 8.21. And Lord willing, next week, I'm going to talk about Gideon because I'm like, wow, it just fits perfectly. You cry out to the Lord and like he answers and you don't believe that he's really talking to you. Like courageous warrior, like where's he at? I'm hiding in the wine press. So look at with me at Romans chapter 8.21. Romans 8.21, I have it highlighted, and it is right here. All creation longs for freedom from its slavery to, de- uh, to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. And if you pay attention at all, even remotely, to all that's going on in the world, the whole world is is yearning and longing for liberty, for freedom, for, the, for this oppression to break out. There are riots and demonstrations all over resisting this, this entourage. And so the Lord is saying, he's coming again, a fresh wave of declaring the year of Jubilee. And his love is, does not stop at America. His love is for the entire world, for whosoever will. And that, that decree goes out for the day of grace, for the fullness of grace to come, and for jubilee, the liberty, for prisoners to be set free. There are many imprisoned. We have Mr. Putin from Russia challenging our present administration about holding political prisoners, and he is in Washington, D.C. Just to give you perspective, I could be there in jail because all the people that, were, that are there, jailed, no due process, um, no bail, no visitation, no nothing. They're just capped. They're not even being incited with anything. They were taken, I think up to 400 of them were arrested. And they were just like me. We were there, part of a peaceful demonstration, uh, making a statement against our, the election being stolen. No violence, great people, business people, political people, like of all the, the best of the cream of the crop, crop. We believe a million people were there, and they have arrested. The, this is, these are the captives Jesus wants to, he declares freedom like just held, just kept. It's going on right now. This was the atrocity in Germany when all the churches were meeting just like we were, and it was going on. Somebody saw it. Somebody knew it. Somebody went, well, yeah, yeah, they're, they're Jews. They're bad people. Churches 
were complicit. Their silence enabled that to go on. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he was in prison because he spoke out again. He didn't commit any, he didn't commit any crimes. But he wrote about freedom. He wrote about the true gospel. And he declared, this, this regime is bad. I don't support it. It's going on right now. Be careful what you give over. You won't get it back. Start to stand up. There are laws. I love our country. I love the laws of our land. I follow them. But these other things are not laws. They're, they're, they're junk. And so we get to flesh this out. And meanwhile, keep our eyes. God help me. Keep my eyes on the promise of this anointing coming. Get my eyes more on that so that my hope stays and abides in the promise that the Lord's, Lord's giving and the, 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 the confirmation. This isn't just like this is real, real stuff from the people that I trust and follow in the, in, in the Lord. People of integrity, people, you know, people that are hearing from the Lord and walking it out, and they're, they're declaring this. They're believing this. The Lord is saying, I'm coming. I can turn it on a dime. Just, just let me have control. Everything in its right time, its right season. This, this revival, this awakening is coming. And this present situation, it was also necessary. We needed to see this and awaken. So we get our, get our hope fixed and our eyes fixed completely on him. Let's pray. Oh, Father, grace, comfort, peace. We ask for the ability to stand in this turmoil. We ask for grace to keep our eyes on you. I ask that you will send messengers, continual confirmation to us that you are in control, that you will do what you said you would do. I thank you that there is a great company of those that believe. I believe, I thank you for all the patriots that are sacrificing their freedoms, their finances, to fight this fight righteously. Because there were some other men and women that fought this fight that caused our revolution and brought us to a freedom and brought us to the country that we now are. So, Lord, save America. You establish this. Return and restore the original purpose of the Mayflower Compact that this land, this nation was declared to be for the purpose of the furtherance of the gospel, for the spreading of this wood and the word and the bringing of this kingdom that brings life and liberty to all. So, Jesus, I thank you. We thank you. So in our simpleness, in our humanness, in our frailty, give us grace to walk through these days and most of all, please you. Thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless all of you. The Lord prosper you. Prosper your soul even as, as your soul prospers. Amen. Amen.